0: Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? (laughs) Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is Wolf and Luke. What's going on over there? Not a whole lot, of course, but we look
1: outside, do we not, Bay Synodians, and yes, it is raining, indeed, it is. What a winter we've had. And I know it. It's March. I get it. Right now we're all waiting for the heat and it is coming. It will be coming, of course. The sun looms, does it not? But today it is a beautiful
0: thing. Well, yeah, this this today, and, and look, let's be clear, I wouldn't want this every day, but this is kind of <laughs> perfect because it's like a light rain, at least where we are, but it's not cold. It's not windy. It's a little change of pace. No. We know we're getting like 150 days of sun in a row coming up, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all in on this. Uh, we got a lot today. We've got uh, we've got. Got a lot of guests for you too. Jay Williams is going to join us. Mike Hazen to talk some D backs. Talk uh, Corbin Carroll. Um, it is tourney time. It's also tourney time. He's going to join us. Bear's going to join us That's after great. another Coyotes win last
1: night. <laughs> another win. It's another Wednesday. It's a win Wednesday. I
0: think this is seven straight weeks they have won their last game going into a Wednesday. Uh, Our own Jake Anderson is going to join us to talk ASU hoops because they play tonight. Lorenzo Alexander is going to join us shortly. And I always like talking to Zoe, but especially uh, today, just to kind of reassess where we are with the Cardinals defense. Because they've now lost two guys I did not want them to lose, but they brought a guy in. What does it mean for Isaiah Simmons? we got all that to get to. Wolf, we got to start with the Suns, and unfortunately, we got to start with a third loss in four nights. I get it. No KD, and Milwaukee did have Giannis, played the back to back. I believe he scored 82 points over the two games. He's unstoppable, and he's getting. Uh, the benefit probably of some officiating that uh, i don 't know how you defend him right now, but let 's beyond that we 'll get into officiating later on. Just big picture what was your reaction to last night 's game?
1: Yeah, for me once again, I was watching to see how the suns came out based on the game before we all wanted to see how the suns were going to start, especially against the box, and for me, they seemed ready to go from the jump and then of course, the second quarter happened, and they fell apart a little bit. And then they came back in this game, but it, it felt like the Bucs were in control even when the Suns had the lead. <laughs> even when yeah. they came back and took the lead momentarily, it seemed like the Bucs were in control. And then it was another crunch time collapse at the end.
0: Yeah, that, that last one is um, <laughs> that one's tough because when you're looking at what's the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team, that's probably it. Now, the problem is, again, they're not at full strength. And Milwaukee is right. the best team in the NBA, and they were at full strength. So how much can you read well, into one game? Well, they didn't have game?
1: Chris Middleton, of course. They didn't have him, I guess that's true. And they it's so that, players. It's yeah, I know. It really is. But you know, listen, I, again, this is the third game in a row now. And as I say this, ladies and gentlemen, I say this knowing the Suns don't have Kevin Durant. Would you say that's a big deal right there? I would right? say it's would one say of the biggest is, deals, yes. That is one of the big deals right there. They, they they, don't have Kevin Durant, Ron Wolfley reporting, and by the way, they had to trade Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson to get Kevin Durant. So, as I was watching this game without Kevin Durant, it hit me again for the third game in a row. The Bucks are a better team. They're the better team. The Kings look like the better team. The Warriors were the better team at home, at least. You know, I said it yesterday, without KD in the lineup, the Suns are not a better team than they were with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. Well,
0: definitely, and that point's being driven home, and and you know, there's there's two schools of thought here, right? And I, I can hear the Suns fan, like the diehard hardcore Suns fan, how can you guys talk about anything negative with this team when they don't have Kevin Durant? Well, there's some truth to that. When they have Kevin Durant, as I keep saying, I would take them over just about any team in the NBA in a seven-game series. I don't know about Golden State because of what their pedigree is in the right. playoffs, and I don't know about Mil- Milwaukee, because Milwaukee just might be better than everybody, but I'll take my chances if the Suns are at full strength against any team full strength, and I think they win most series with the exception of maybe those two, but I also don't think you can just write all these losses off and be like, oh, they don't mean anything, I mean, if you're a fan, you can, but I hope the team isn't, because you still have these games as a way to work on stuff going yes. into the playoffs. When people talk about Golden State flipping the switch, it looks like they just flipped the switch, but they're using the last month of the season to figure out exactly how they're going to flip that switch. Yes,
1: but see, the great thing about that switch is the switch is there to be flipped. That just You can deep. do that. Well, think about it, metaphorically speaking. Without Kevin Durant, can you flip that switch? No. Uh, no. no. No, the switch is broken. The switch is not there for you to go ahead and flip. And because of that, the Suns, listen, they got to figure out a way, right? They got to figure out a way. How are they going to play? How are are they going to do this thing called the NBA without Kevin Durant? A huge cog, a huge cog in what it is that they're doing. That's what they're trying to figure out right now. But... This is the one this is the one reason why we continue to say this sucks buttermilk and it's it's not because Kevin Durant can't come back and suddenly impact the Phoenix Suns but I'm wondering about all the other players around Kevin Durant. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but how good are the Suns without Kevin Durant? I think they're probably a playing team.
0: I, well, unfortunately they are I don't want to say they're heading towards the play-in, but that is a conversation now. I, I, I Look, nobody's going to fault them for losing to Golden State and Golden State and then losing to Milwaukee at home the very next night when you don't have Kevin Durant. Or Mikael Bridges or Cam Johnson. Well, yeah, but the problem is Mikael Bridges I and Cam Johnson aren't exactly coming back. Right. But you do need to deal with the reality that they are now just one game up on Golden State. One game up on the Clippers, and more importantly, two games up on Minnesota for seventh, and three up on Oklahoma City, Dallas, and the Lakers for eighth, ninth, and tenth. So, these games, you kind of, at least in my mind, you get a pass, considering what the situation is. Sacramento... I mean, they beat Sacramento a couple weeks ago and they didn't have Kevin Durant, you know? No. So I just, that's the one where, again, you can lose a game. I think I think they've used up their three free passes here, though. Like, you need to beat Orlando tomorrow. you got to beat Oklahoma City on Sunday. Probably, you know, you need to figure out a way to beat the Lakers next Wednesday, even if you don't have KD, because it can't just be, well, we don't have Durant, we'll see you in the playoffs. Quite honestly, <laughs> you won't. Be in the playoffs, if, well, you, if you take that mentality. Yeah, you know, once
1: again, I, I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know really what's going to happen going forward right now. But I say that the Suns appear to be a, a, a team that is a good team, a playing team, but, you know, not um, a team that is going to do anything without Kevin Durant. I hope that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it isn't. But have you looked at the schedule?
0: Yeah, the schedule's not great.
1: <laughs> the schedule is really, really tough. They got 13 games left and it's hard three of them i would i would characterize as soft
0: and one of those are you counting as thursday against orlando yes yeah so orlando's a team you got to beat you know realistically and i'll repeat this again you get you tell me the suns are going to be in a top six spot i don't care one through six just be in the top six and they are fully healthy going into the playoffs i love this team i'll take my chances against anybody i'm with you on that But I do think it's important to stay in the top six, because if you tell me, yeah, you know, KD came back two games before the playoffs and they haven't really played together and they've got, you know, they're the seventh seed and they're playing the Lakers. And if they lose that, they got to play the Mavericks or they're done. Yeah, that's not a path to the title. I'm not saying they can't get out of that, but that's not a path to the title. So it's, in my mind, imperative they stay top six. They should be able to do that but they got to do it. Okay,
1: so they got 13 games left and three of them as I said are pretty much soft targets for the most part. They play the Nuggets twice, the Lakers twice, the Lakers once again, much better team at the end of the season go figure. Yeah. OKC which is right around 500 and they they are they're, they're going to get SGA ready to go. Um they play them twice, they play Sacramento, Philly, Minnesota and the Clippers to end the season. Yep. <laughs> this is this is a tough schedule to close out. So, K D, if you could have played in that game, <laughs> it was a play well you know what? I we wanna get you healthy,
0: but I, I Hopefully do wonder it's not
1: going to be a full three
0: weeks if they really started to get in the danger zone where they were hovering around seventh. If we would see KD out there, you know what I mean? Because that's that's basically at that point those are playoff games to avoid being in that play. And again, I still like their chances, but but the thought that these these games don't mean anything right now that's that's not that's not true. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll get over to football and the Cardinals suffered a pretty big loss on defense yesterday. We'll react to that next. It's Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. All right. Well, we got uh, we got two of the four Cardinals that we wanted to come back. Coming back. Got the news on the other <laughs> two yesterday. I just mean collectively on the show. I'm sure Cardinals fans had had varying opinions. of I don't know Wolf. I think. Probably, if you ask Cardinals fans at the end of the season, pick four of these 31 free agents you want to come back, and setting aside the guys that were retiring. Yeah. I know Zach Allen would have been on the top of everybody's list. Yes. Um, I'm guessing Byron Murphy would have been up there, Kelvin Beachum. Probably, if you had to pick a fourth, it would have been Will Hernandez, too. Yeah,
1: I, I'd put him in that order as well, right yeah. there, too, as to what Cardinal fans would want. Yeah. So the news coming down, of course, about Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy, the news coming down that the Minnesota Vikings, once again, the Vikings love Arizona Cardinal Corners, apparently.
0: (laughs) Yes, seriously.
1: Pilfered Byron Murphy for some huge money in terms of Byron Murphy. If
0: you ask me right now. That is classic free agency in what they did. Yeah, and again, I, I, I know what you're saying. I know that you've said in the past, you know, free agency, a lot of times you kind of are. That's part of free agency. You're probably going to overpay for a guy, most likely. Um, and and I, I absolutely agree with what you've been saying. We're going to get into this. You're, you've been spot on so far on what the Cardinals' plan is. Raise the floor <laughs> and, uh, and probably lower the ceiling. But I'm still, I thought maybe I'd be over the Zach Allen loss. Today, I was going to give myself 24 hours. I'm not yet. And the Byron Murphy one doesn't hurt as much, but um, I didn't want to lose Byron Murphy. Mm -hmm. I thought Byron Murphy was really turning a corner before he got hurt. Now, I understand that you're talking about a back injury, and so that maybe makes you a little cautious to bring him back. And I just... As of as of today, March fifteenth, I feel like we're gonna be I really feel like we're gonna be looking at Zach Allen over the next few years and we're gonna be getting tweets and texts and calls about boy, that was one the Cardinals shouldn't have let go. And and I'm worried they lost a good one in Byron Murphy, man. I really am. Maybe it was inevitable, but I, I'm I'm worried they lost two of their big, young pieces on this defense. Yeah,
1: you know, it's just the rebuild is here. The reality of the rebuild is on us, and we're seeing what that means to this roster right now. We are. that That's the reality. Losing has consequences, ladies and gentlemen. It does. Regime change has consequences, and that's exactly what we're seeing. These consequences right now. You got to bring a new culture into a locker room. You just can't. You just can't go ahead and depend on the guys that were here under the last regime, actually going out and being the type of player you want because you didn't really handpick a lot of these guys. Um, not trying to throw Byron Murphy under the bus at all or Zach Allen because these guys are pillars. I thought pillars in that locker room, but. Jonathan Gannon and his coaching staff and Monty Ford they have a completely different view of this yeah. than we do.
0: I think you just put it the best possible way, that regime change has consequences It does. because You know, I said a version of that yesterday, and, and somebody wrote in, they're like, wow, that's a really negative way to talk about the local team. A, I don't have to... Pretend that every move the local teams make is great. Otherwise, we'd be winning Super Bowls every year, not winning four games. I'm trying to give you an honest opinion, but B, it's not a knock on the local team. I think we all agreed that you had to make regime change, but the reality is when you do that, it's exactly like you just said. When Michael Bidwell goes outside the organization and gets a new general manager and a new coach, he's doing it because he wants to win and things had to change. But caught up in that, you're probably going to lose guys that you liked because – Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford have zero ties to Byron Murphy and Zach Allen. That's not a knock on them. That's yes. not anything wrong. That's just part of the package that you get when you do that. And that's not, that's not specific to the Cardinals. That's any team that makes wholesale changes.
1: And I was talking about this yesterday, but the Cardinals strategy appears to be clear in terms of their roster reset button right now and roster building. And that is they're not going to pay one guy um, money when they could get three guys For that one guy. Which, by the way, might be the right way to do it right now, honestly. Well, you're talking about a rebuild right now.
0: You're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins. We all expect that to happen. It might happen today, as a matter of fact. Well, and, and, you know, to that point, I think... I can only speak for me. The Byron Murphy loss hurts. The Zach Allen one hurts more. But they may hurt less when you start bringing guys in. Like you brought in Kaiser White, but he doesn't replace Zach Allen. He doesn't replace Byron Murphy. So right now the equation is, well, the Cardinals were kind of thin in the secondary at the corner position, and they lost their best guy. Well, who'd they replace him with? Nobody yet. So when they replace him with somebody, (laughs) that'll be a
1: little bit easier to stomach. Yeah, you're trying to get rid of D-Hop. Okay, I need to rephrase that. You're trying to trade. Trying to get value <laughs> You're for You're trying to get value for D-Hub so you can actually expedite the rebuild. You've allowed your best defensive player to walk in free agency. You've allowed your best corner to walk in free agency. J.J. Watt is retired, and your starting quarterback is going to miss games. What What does all of that tell you? This is the roster reset button right here. That's what it is. And sometimes... You've got to suffer the consequences, and they are.
0: Well, I think the biggest thing in a rebuild is to look around and identify the guys you're going to rebuild around, right? I mean, a 53-man roster plus, you know, all the ins and outs over the season, you're not you're not starting with zero guys. So, and especially when you're Monty Asenfort and you step in, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm building this from as close to scratch as you're going to rebuild an NFL team. But you do need to identify, okay, well, we, well obviously we're keeping DJ Humphreys; He's a leader. Okay, well, obviously, yes. you know, Buddha Baker and Kyler Murray has signed... I, I just for me I hope it wasn't easy to just be like, Oh yeah, Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, we don't need them because that that to me they weren't they weren't the only reasons or even the main reasons that I was excited about this defense and its upside going forward, but they were two big parts of it. And mm-hmm. so again, they're not they're not guys at the end of their career. I'm not saying go out and sign some guy that's thirty three that was that has been really good in the past. I'm saying you got guys like mid twenties that are showing some upside. I just hope they're thinking about it before they let them go.
1: Yeah, you, know, you mentioned Monty Osenford, and the purge is on, based on it is. It looks like Monty Osenford right now is purging the roster of any ties to the old way of doing things. Any ties whatsoever. And, you know, if I'm trying to establish a new culture inside that locker room, I'd be doing the same thing. That's probably uh, what I'm he was saying, brought in to do. I. I, I that's all. I, listen, I... Uh, This is a tough situation to be in, but it's not a total rebuild as we were talking about, but it is a rebuild. And it's because of the losing. The losing has consequences. And the Cardinals right now are experiencing those consequences. When you let Zach Allen walk... And Byron Murphy as well. What you're saying is we've got a brand new way of doing things and a brand new culture around here, and we don't know if that those two
0: guys are a good fits. Well, and, and by the way, that's what a lot of fans wanted not not specifically lose Byron Murphy or lose Zach Allen, oh, yeah. But a lot of fans, I mean, most fans by the end of last season wanted. Wholesale change. Yes. Not, okay, we're going to tinker on, uh, we're going to move one guy around on the offensive line. People wanted wholesale change. It's one of the reasons
1: why people didn't even want Vance Joseph hired as the head coach, right? They didn't want him coming back as a defensive coordinator. People love Adrian
0: Wilson. They didn't even want him to get the GM job
1: because they wanted wholesale change. They wanted change, and this is exactly what you
0: get with that whole change. But it is, I mean, this is, and this is probably the toughest part of it, right? Losing players, oh, yeah. because, because, again, it's not oh, like yeah. they've started to bring in guys. It's not like there's games being played where it's like, hey, you know what? The guys they brought in might not be as flashy, or we don't know them as well, but maybe they're picking up some wins or they're making some good plays. This is the, I don't want to say bottoming out, but it's like the necessary, like, okay, we got to go down a little bit, clear everything out, and then start to uh, to truly rebuild, and that's, <laughs> this is what it looks like. And it's not... <laughs> it's not easy. This the couple of days this week watching Zach Allen go to Denver and Byron Murphy follow Patrick Peterson to Minnesota, and I assume he'll be in Pittsburgh in a few years. Taste it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty. Six twenty right now we come back. A huge free throw disparity between the Suns and the Bucks last night. Does that sound familiar? Uh did the Bucks get too many calls? Kinda seems like the Suns think that. We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Zach Allen is on his way to a new team. Zach Allen is headed to the Denver Broncos. Three-year deal worth $45 million, $32.5 million guaranteed at signing. Back with Vance Joseph, indeed. You draft Zach Allen. He gets to the point where he finally breaks out and does really well, and you lose him. That's a failure. You had this really good young player, and he just decided he doesn't want you. He wanted to go somewhere else. Follow Cards moves in this free agency frenzy with Aaron Arizona Sports in your car on the app
1: and arizonasports.com All right Basin Onions, Ron here from my brothers over at Circa Resort and Casino go to circalasvegas.com you still have time man you can make it to Vegas you can make it to Vegas baby the ultimate March Hoops experience is in downtown Las Vegas on Fremont Street it's Vegas Mania at Circa Resort and Casino that's right March 15th right now that is today. Groups of eight or more can book private man caves that include four seventy-inch HD TVs, Wi-Fi, food and beverage, and a whole lot more than that. What you need to do is go to CircleLasVegas to book it. You got the Mega March at Circus Sportsbook. You got Mania Under the Sun at Stadium Swim. That's six pools, three different levels, one hundred forty-three foot wide, or uh, yeah, one hundred forty-three foot wide by forty foot. High definition television screen. You got the D in Las Vegas. You got free parties at Galaxy Watson. Zone. Go to circolasvegas.com. That's circolasvegas.com.
0: Wolf and Luke, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Well, last night was another one of those games, Wolf. Not, not that it was a loss. It's another one of those games where the free throw disparity was absurd. And I feel ridiculous talking about it because I do, and I've said in the past, I feel like every team's fan base, not just the Suns, but fan bases get so caught up in, the, oh, well, the other team gets the calls, and we don't. It's, it's just, especially in basketball, Man, that's no way to go through life as a basketball fan because you're not going to enjoy basketball very much if you feel that way. Yo. Yeah. However, <laughs> this has happened. But. Multiple, like, if you're going to tell me, hey, the Suns, for the most part, aren't going to shoot as many free throws as the other teams. Okay, that, that's fine. But last night, they shot less free throws than Giannis. Like, when one guy on the other team attempts eight more free throws than you do, and I get, you know, it's Giannis, he gets fouled a little bit more, but the free throw disparity just in attempts last night was 37 for Milwaukee, 24 of them for Giannis, 16 total for the Suns. Yo. This has happened, and it's actually been more extreme, probably three or four other times this season, and this is something that... I hope does not rear its ugly head in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you got that
1: feeling that maybe it will at some point in time, but hopefully when KD is back... um Hopefully, especially in the postseason when Katie is back. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to be getting to the line a whole lot more. Typically, he averages about eight free throws per game. And he's the best free throw shooter in the NBA. He's absolutely the best. So, hopefully, that is going to uptick the Phoenix Suns in regard to their attempts from the line. And I think he's going to help them out an awful lot. But, yeah, last
0: night was just just so desperate. It made you angry. Well, and it's not... not just if you were watching or listening you got angry it was and this is where it starts to potentially have ramifications it was the team it was the head coach here's monty williams look man it's it's the oldest it's i just did it the other day right like i can sit
1: here and go through what all of you guys already know you know what i'm saying you just got to put my name on the quote you saw it it's it's just it's not fair Book has three free throws, I think, and Drew Holiday is one of the most physical defenders in the game. He got, he has three. Giannis has twenty-four free throws. It's ridiculous. There's no other way to put it. It's just our guys are fight. Da can't play. You know when a guy just runs into you the whole game. It's like we've dealt with this so many times with this team, and credit to him, he he saw the way the game was being called, he kept doing it. But that's hard to swallow when one guy had and this has happened a number of times when we played them. And so for me it's like it's hard to tell our guys to keep their level of poise because that's frustrating you know what I'm saying and they beat us
0: make no mistake about it but that, that's a hard one to swallow and it's happened too many times it, it, that's the thing wolf it's happened quite a few and I want to either want somebody else or I will do a deep dive on which which games it has been that bad like I remember Miami was one of them I just I wonder if it's a it's when they play Eastern Conference teams or, or whatever it is if, if there's you know maybe a more of a skew towards that but what he said in the middle of that you know you're going you're trying to you're trying to score against Drew Holiday okay one of the best defenders in the NBA and if he knows he can push that line a little bit further well one of the reasons he's one of the best defenders in the NBA is he's going to do it and if you're telling me the Suns are playing the Bucks tomorrow and the season's on the line he's gonna do be able to do a lot of things that a lot of guys on the Suns don't yes. feel like they can do if, if, if it, even if it's just in the Suns' heads that's a problem so much of the
1: time as well and this happens in the NFL all the time as well Um referees of course and umpires guys that are in charge of holding if they know you hold they watch tape this is what they do if they know you hold an awful lot and you've been flagged for holding calls they have a tendency it's called human nature to actually look at you more yeah. and, and, and judge you in, in a tougher way than they would maybe somebody else it's just that they're not trying to target you it just come so naturally to focus on somebody who does get hit with some holding calls the same thing happens with officiating in the NBA, the same thing happens. If you've got a reputation of being a tough guy and being a tough defender, you got a reputation of being a really good defender. You're going to get grace. Yeah,
0: you're going to you're going to be physical, but you're going to get grace. And and that's not new, and that's not specific to the Suns, and it's not a conspiracy against the Suns. However, again, I just keep saying, however, there's there's something here that's off, and and it's going to make the Suns' path through the playoffs tougher if they can't figure out a way around it because... When you are watching the other team attempt twenty plus more free throws than you, and it's not yes. a one time thing, we're yes. getting up into like six, seven times over the course of the season, that's a problem in the playoffs. Here's Devin Booker last night. I don't know what to say, man. It's, it's tough.
1: One player shooting more free throws than the whole entire team. You're right. We've seen. We have seen this movie before.
2: When you're in the midst of it, I saw you one time. Just look at
1: the replay. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you know all of them weren't fouls or. You You know, probably over half of them were fouls, but 24 free throws to 16 as a team is, you know, it's uncalled for. You know, especially when, in my opinion, at least a couple of those can be called offensive fouls and, you know, none of them were. Actually, it was thirty-seven. Yeah, I realized he was talking just about Giannis. Yeah, but it was right there. even worse. But yeah. it was thirty-seven free throw attempts to
0: 16. and it cost Tori Craig a tooth somewhere in there. Oh yeah. my goodness! Did you? That was awesome. He went full hockey player mode. And just I got, kept playing.
1: I love it. He just looked down. Where's my tooth? Yeah. where? Where? Well, okay, where well, is well, it? Right I there. To uh, way way to go, Tori. Uh, didn't surprise me though. He, he's a tough guy, no doubt. DeAndre Ayton, you mentioned Da right there. And how many? How many fouls did? DA have against the Warriors in uh, 35 zero. minutes? Zero. That was a talking point, both okay. on
0: the broadcast and on this show. Somebody somebody had to yell at DA.
1: <laughs> somebody had to yell at him after that game about getting not actually getting a foul against the Warriors. Well, he couldn't have avoided it last <laughs> night.
0: Just by being on the Suns, he got so tagged three. So
1: what happened? Basin-Odien's DA came out and had some sloppy fouls, I thought on Giannis. Now Giannis, of course, is a tough cover. Ron Wolfley reporting. He's very tough, but I thought I thought he got a little sloppy. He had five fouls in eighteen minutes. It's like one <laughs> or the other with Da. And I thought somebody probably said, "Da man, I hack somebody, bruh."
0: And he took hack that as back everybody all the time. It's, it's, you know, and now all of
1: a sudden it, it's, it's, it's a tough game to say that against. Giannis is a tough cover. There's no denying that. But five fouls in 18 minutes of play?
0: Yeah! Wow! Uh, here's one more. This is Chris Paul talking about the free throw differential.
2: How hard is it to overcome those kind of numbers in a game like this, like the finals? Uh, I don't know. We'll Trying to figure it out
0: problem is this is not hey the suns lost a game in march and they feel like you know maybe it was because of the officiating or it's not you know fans are upset because they lost a game in milwaukee and there was a free throw discrepancy you can hear it in these comments wolf if the suns play the bucks in the playoffs and i don't think it's the only team that they feel this way about but especially the bucks it's gonna it seems like it's going to be in their mind that they're not going to get the calls oh yeah it's going to be in the bucks mind that they are going to get the calls and for whatever reason it seems to be in the officials minds that this is how we need to call it. Yes. And that's yes. not good. Yes. That's no, not that a last night problem. That's a good.
1: real problem. That is not good um, because you're right about that. The perpetuation, if you will, of of this kind of game, whenever the box and the Suns get together. Yeah, th- there's no doubt. Um, it's one of the reasons why Manny may start picking his spots right now to start getting ejected from games. Serious, yeah. It's in, I mean, in, in a game like a tough that, line to walk. especially in the Western Conference. There's 13 games left. Maybe some games against Denver. <laughs> maybe one of those set if, the tone if, early if for the losing, playoffs. Just go ahead and okay. I see what you're doing. I see. Oh, Jokic is getting all the calls right, but not the I see what you're doing. You yeah!
0: <laughs> and then get ejected well, from the game. The Booker thing. I mean, Devin Booker <laughs> actually does go to the to the hoop now. I mean, he should be getting more than three free throws. In game. No doubt. If you're going to call it in such a way where Giannis is shooting 24 free throws, Booker should be getting more 24. than three. Think about that for a minute, just 24. Plus. There's the two stars. If you just identified the now, two Now, a lot of it is
1: because teams are trying to hack yes. it. Yes, they're so trying to get it. It's, them to it's the
0: line. inflated a little bit. But if you identify the two stars of that game going into that game, it's Giannis and Booker, and the free throws were 24 to 3. The weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Holmes are reminding you the two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text swim to 620, 620. Coming up next, as the Cardinals reshape their defense, we figured the best guy to talk to is lorenzo alexander he's going to join us next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader nfl free agency frenzy with wolf and luke well, the Cardinals are making moves on defense. Zach Allen is in Denver. Byron Murphy's in Minnesota. They go out and get Kaiser White yesterday. So you know, look, well, if we get if we get spoiled because we get to talk to our next guest every Thursday during the football season, we haven't got to talk to Lorenzo Alexander in a while. So we're bringing him in here now because this is a guy that bounced all over the place in the NFL around the uh, the defensive side of the ball and even a little bit of offense at one point. So he. Um, He's the guy to talk to Zo, what's going on man?
2: I'm doing great. Just got my workout in with my wife and now uh, talking to you guys couldn't be better.
1: Okay, so you, out you know you the show. talking about cardio here or No, nah, no, nah, we got to hit the weights, hit okay. the weights and
2: then a little cardio at the end. More <laughs> sprints. I don't like cardio. That 45 minutes, 30 minutes of running ain't for me. I like to get in and get out.
1: Oh, I know. Just you the treadmill and your thoughts. That's a bad thing.
0: That's bad. <laughs> uh, all right, Zo, so let's uh let's start with the fact that um the the Cardinals are letting Byron Murphy and Zach Allen walk which uh, you know to me especially Zach Allen those Allen was one of the bright spots last year and and I liked Byron Murphy too what do you think about that
2: yeah I mean it's unfortunate both of those are young good players I think Um, you know anytime that a new regime comes in though they are going to obviously evaluate players differently Uh, maybe they didn't fit their overall plan in their future even though you don't want to get rid of those type of guys because I thought especially to your point Zach Allen being too by J.J. J. Watt and how he was starting to come to his own with the consistency, playing blocks, making plays. Um, it feels like he's on the cusp of doing something great, and that's a guy that you definitely want to keep around because it's hard to find D linemen that are impactful, especially in the interior. So it's unfortunate, but um, you know we got to give this this um, uh, money in this in this new culture and vision time to kind of form itself and, and seeing where they go and the type of players they evaluate in the draft and moving forward, and hopefully they're able to replace a guy. Um, of Zach Allen statue. Yeah,
1: you know what's so interesting about this though? Uh, the Cardinal strategy appears to be raise the floor, not the ceiling. If you know what I mean. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And for
2: a rebuild, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Well, for a rebuild, I mean, you're 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 actually win quicker than, than what you think, right? Because, you know, we often look at the stars, and everybody wants Pro Bowl players where we know, understand football is the ultimate team game, and so if you do raise the floor and you got 11, maybe let's say solid cuss players, Kelvin Beecham, right? Not quite all yeah, pro level, right. but are really good football players that you trust, going to show up, work hard, be where they need to be, right? They're going to give you a chance to win and be in games every week and and win some of those close games, and similar, you know, I, was, I feel Buffalo Bills, I went through so much with them, right? That's what we did the year that Sean and Brandon Bean got there, right? A lot of the superstars, they shipped out and raised the floor up, brought in guys that were familiar with their culture from the Panthers, similar to Zaire White, and we were able to get to the playoffs and break a 17-year drought, and so I think when you you think about, okay, that's a lesser-tier play. He's not an all-pro, but this dude is a professional, right? He shows up. He works. He does his job. You don't have to motivate him, and he's actually going to impact guys around them to do better. That's how you turn a football Team around quicker and get back to where you want to, and then over the next couple of years, you start identifying those guys. You get a, a guy like a Josh Allen, you get a Trey Mann Edmonds, you get maybe a Digs and a in tra- a trade, and you elevate your team a little bit quicker. But you have to have that core because that is what your team is real. That's the heartbeat of your team, right? Mm-hmm. The superstars yes. take you over the top and get you to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. But you got to have a foundation of winning before you can even achieve any of those type of things.
0: Well, we're talking to Lorenzo Alexander. And some of those qualities you just uh, threw out there might might describe Kaiser White, and certainly Jonathan Gannon uh, would know that better than anybody. If if uh, if they do, so, Zoe, I mean, that moves interesting not only because you're bringing in White, but what it potentially means for Isaiah Simmons. What do you what do you see as Isaiah Simmons' future now in this defense?
2: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I think that the great thing JG's scheme schematics as far as defense is that is multiple, right? And so I don't see. I know Wolf was talking about uh, Simmons lining up on the edge. I don't see that for him. Mm. It's really hard for me to envision that. I don't know if he has that type of physical mindset. It's one thing to be a physical DB, right? But right. there's a whole other thing to walk you and put your hand, right? I know he ain't going to have his hand down, but put your hand <laughs> down the dirt and be in those trenches, right? It's just it's, it's a whole different mentality. Um, and there's only a few guys I've seen do it at a high level. You know, I think about, right, Cam Chancellor never was an outside backer, but he might as well have been as far as safety and the way he played in the box, the way he came yeah. down to hit guys. Thomas Davis, another physical physical guy that could play on the ball that came from safety but there's not too many guys they can go to off the ball linebacker but to line him up on the edge and ask him to rush and set the edge every single play I don't know if that's his strong suit Yeah. based on what I've seen you know JG do with the multiple fronts that he's shown I think you move a guy around like that around maybe you have a 4-3 where you have all three of those linebackers Zavin, White and Simmons off the ball and then when they go to like a nickel or maybe a big nickel that's when you move Simmons to he's still playing Sam is just a more of a nickel in the space because the right. of offensive personnel is switched up, and then you can maybe have some wrinkles on third down where he's blitzing and coming off the edge and giving some guys some different looks. But you give him that 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 home base as a Sam or a weak inside back or however you want to look at it, uh, where you're pretty much doing the same thing. You just maybe lining up over a different guy based on the coverage. And you know, I don't think Jay, he plays a ton of man. You know, you, you know, looking at it, a lot of quarters and stuff, a lot of zone eyes and. Simmons has the ability to run and play and hit in space. I just don't know if you know putting yeah. him on the outside is the best thing for his future as far as him being successful <laughs> in order to become the player we know he can and has inside of
1: him. What's so amazing about it, Zell? Right now, I'm not disagreeing with anything you've said at all. I think the allure of Hassan Reddick and what the Eagles did with Hassan Reddick and putting him on the edge. Exclusively, Even Correct. though that already happened here before they actually, before he went to Philadelphia, I think the allure of Hassan Reddick, looking at Isaiah Simmons, I think Isaiah Simmons is actually more talented than Hassan Reddick More in, in terms of his athleticism.
2: Yeah, right, more athletic. So yes. where, where did Hassan Reddick play in college?
1: He what played position? on the edge. Exactly, right? He, he where, where did Isaiah Simmons play in college? on the edge, but still, it's I, I different. think the allure is going yeah. been there to give him a shot.
2: I think moving him in that space at times. I, I just you can be as all athletic as you get up, but Trent Williams put your hands on you, lifts you <laughs> off the ground. You ain't athletic no more, right? It's just it's just okay, different? But what about you? What did you do? Because you did this, correct? Yeah, but I can't remember. I started. As, I came in the league as a D tackle, so yes. you can't get more physical than a D tackle. Well, yes, you can. You can play fullback. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You get a running head start. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. Then I went to defensive end. Then I stood up. Right? So I went from interior to outside. So the physicality for me is so to, to, to prove your point in the reverse for my career, right? I would, I would never put myself in a position of playing Isaiah Simmons. Hey, put, put him in a slot corner. He stood up. He's yeah. done everything else well. Yeah. Could I hold it down in some zone and maybe man-to-man man on certain tight ends from time to time? Of course. I'll get you through the down. But to line me up out there every down like that where you have now offensive coordinator scheming against me, my weakness – no, you better hold on. Don't put me out there. That's a square peg or a circle on a square peg, right? That doesn't fit. My my thing was, hey, put me on that line of scrimmage on the, air, the outside back or have me come down on that full back, right? Have me hit that guard in the mouth. That was my strong suit, yeah. and I could do other things decent and hold up, but I couldn't, uh, you know, put my hat, lay my hat down on that, and I think that is the reverse for Isaiah Simmons. Can he go down there and play? Yes, he's physical enough, but consistently will he be like a, a yeah. Micah like Parsons or um, uh, Hassan Reddick. I don't think he's going to thrive in there. He can go down there and make plays. I think he thrives off the ball, allowing him to I run love and this. hit.
1: So this is awesome. This is exa- I love this conversation right here. But you know what? I want to see JG and this coaching staff put him at one position yeah. and say, this is where you're going to sink or swim. I agree with Nobody, you I don't know if anybody's demanded from him, this is where you're going to play. Start there and see if he can master the skills when somebody demands that he be more physical setting the edge.
2: No, I would agree agree completely. That's why I think, you know, four or three base, which you rarely play, Sam outside, backer, Will outside, backer, nickel, off the ball, inside, backer. Maybe you move him out to the to a nickel. Uh, those are all kind of very similar, yeah. especially if you have zone concepts behind it as far as what you're doing. And then when the ball is in the air, then you, you, your athleticism, uh, your playmaking ability comes alive just like anything else.
0: We'll see, bro. So great stuff as always, man. We'll have you on again soon, all right?
2: Yep, always right
0: on, love yep.
1: you,
0: that's Lorenzo. Yep. Lorenzo Alexander checking in right there on the Arizona sports. I see. I'm used to having an hour with him. I wanted to ask him about Man, the Kelvin Beacham Hollywood dynamic, but there's but next that time right we'll there, get him back that's on. Good stuff. Well, and it's great it, stuff. It's not just Zoe played in the NFL. It's that he bounced around different he positions. Was there, he yeah. did exactly
1: what Isaiah. They may ask him to do. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, we come back. What are Jay Williams' thoughts on the Suns' recent three-game losing streak? Pana? or everything just, you know, kind of fine in a holding pattern. Well, we're going to talk to uh, the co-host of J. Will and Max, on Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN. Next, it's Wolf and Look Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.